0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I'm your host, Zach Drew. And I'm Andrew Bellers. If you are uh, watching on a social media platform right now, uh, most of our audience watches on DirecTV or Comcast cable, but we do have a faithful bunch that watch on YouTube as well. Yeah. And uh, you might have noticed, hey, we're not on YouTube. That's because we have received our second strike, and we have been banned for two weeks from posting anything. So we weren't even able to... We weren't even able to tell our audience, hey, we're not here and this is why, yeah. which is super bogus. I feel yeah. like we should at least be able to, at least give a post on on YouTube, but we can't. Um, so every 90 days, uh, one strike is removed. So three strikes and we are permanently banned and we will never be able to reactivate the show. Mm-hmm. Once again, we are on Rumble as well. So we won't get kicked off of Rumble, so make sure you remember that if you can't find us, where you usually find us. So, every 90 days a strike is removed, and so from our first strike, uh, which was in like late December or something like that, I don't remember exactly when it was, but I looked it up, and our uh, that first strike isn't removed until the first week of March, so that is whenever we can start being more controversial again on YouTube. But today doesn't matter because, uh, well, you know, we're not even on YouTube this week. And honestly, today's show, it is controversial, but it's not the type of controversy that YouTube bans you for. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just make sure you 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 know where to watch us. Whenever you can't find us, when you where you regularly view us each week. I've talked about this before. About just imagining the future ten years from today. And because here's the thing, one day, 10 years down the road, and it might even be sooner than that, I just really feel it, that many in America, the masses, maybe not every single one of you that watch shows like mine, but many, the majority of people in America, 10 years or less, are going to think to themselves, how did we get here? How did we get like this? Um, the world and America is going to look so radically different. They are finally going to force themselves to have like a to have a, a, a moment of like confrontation with themselves of something that they've been avoiding, that things are changing and rapidly. And there's going to be such an event, something so crazy, so shifting take place. They're going to finally ask themselves that. It's in. It's in the moments we are living in right now that you'll be able to point back to. It's happening now. Now, there's going to be an event. But even talking about cancel culture, culture and, <clears throat> and how they delete not just people. They don't just delete people. Look at what the universities and the schools the, from, from preschool to senior uh, high school or teaching and, 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 and your local community college, doesn't matter unless you are a private school, unless you homeschool or you go to, you know, a Christian university. They're not just canceling people. They are canceling and erasing entire eras of America. It's an unbelievable thing that they're doing and they're successful. Entire er- eras decades, totally wiped out, rewritten, or never, uh, or subdued and suppressed. It's unbelievable. You know, and the woke activists, they attract tens of thousands of young people to believe in these destructive ways that they, in the cultural Marxist influence in our schools, public office, the militant climate change activists crying to save the world. Save it! We've got to save the world! While ushering in the Trojan horse, that will destroy it! And, that, and the irony of that, they cry to save the world, while simultaneously destroying it. Wow. Now, well, you know, I think this fits with Isaiah 520. They'll call the good things evil and the evil things good. It's just a, a backwards culture. How can people be so misguided? because if you don't have the spirit of god living within you you can't recognize the truth you can't recognize the light you can't you can't understand truly the difference between right and wrong falsehood and and what is truthful you know cancel culture woke activism cultural marxism blm antifa the militant climate change activists it's all a ploy by satan it is And they've been so successful deceiving the masses that the majority that are not awake, but those who classify themselves as woke, actually believe all of these things are because people actually care about them. That people got so disgusted that they decided to act, that these truly are grassroots movements. False, it's ridiculous. Not a one came from people having original thoughts, seeing the wrong being done and acting. Not any of them. None of these movements have occurred naturally. Rather, it's been special programming that has been trans- that's transpired. It is about, well, it's, cal- it's cultural Marxism. It's about the few that have real power shepherding the masses, right? They shepherd us, they lead us in certain directions, putting us in cages, prisons, prisons in which the bars are invisible, and you know, most people don't even know they're in prison. If they can change your mind, your thoughts, it's the long game. Slowly cultivating your opinions, changing the way you think, little by little, and they can put you in a prison without you ever even knowing it. You think you're free, but you're enslaved. You think you're rich, but you're poor. You're like the sheep being led to the slaughter. And so many in churches all throughout America belong to these movements. Churches that call themselves the body of Christ that adhere to these movements, they're being led like sheep by false shepherds. In Jeremiah 50 verse 6 it says this, My people have become lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray. They have made them turn aside on the mountains. They have gone along from the mountain to hill and have forgotten their resting place. It's their shepherds that have led them astray. If your church is going in any of the directions, they are not being led by the Spirit. They're not being led by Christ, the Good Shepherd. Your shepherd is a false shepherd, and he'll be judged for that accordingly on Judgment Day. John 10, 11 uh, and 12 says this, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, He abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. You know, I'm reminded of the liberal church listed in Revelation chapter three, where Jesus is talking about the Laodicean church, right? The seven churches, the last one, the Laodicean church, who thinks they're doing great, but in reality, they're doing so very poorly. You know, look at, I mean, I have this list of articles that I, that I have in other shows, and we're just adding to the list, but I just copy and paste it over just to remind the people of where we're at, the, the wickedness in the church. Jesus is non-binary, religious studies professor's claims. Professor of religion. Jesus, a racist, gay pastor, claims Jesus used racial slur but he repented of his racism. So Jesus did not live a sinless life. Mm. He wasn't the perfect unblemished lamb that died for our sins. That's what this guy's saying. United Methodists finally split over LGBTQ politics. Conservatives officially launched Global Church. Progressive Church says Bible isn't the Word of God. Oh my gosh. a wickedness they say it's not inerrant or infallible, then what can you, how can you ever preach anything from Genesis 1 to the last chapter of Revelation? If you don't know if it's actually true, Mm -hmm. if it's actually inerrant, if it's actually infallible, because if anything in there is false, then all of it could be false. It's the slow, long game. Of changing a culture. Absolute theological bankruptcy. Union Theological Seminary students confess climate sins to plants. Southern Baptists at odds over rejection of critical race theory. Charismatic prophetess says if you challenge her, her angels will kill you. Church casts out demon of racism with a wizard staff and incantations. And that's why you have people in the church that have been led by false shepherds. They don't get into the word for themselves. They're the sheep, we're the sheep, and we're led by false shepherds. Our, 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 the, our ultimate shepherd is Jesus, but pastors are also our shepherds, Right. and they've been led by false shepherds to believe things like this grandmother believes. Grandmother assures her tattooed, which that is irrelevant, honestly. I don't have any tattoos, but who's someone who is, wasn't previously a a stripper, because that's another thing. If you were, gosh, we are all filth, all of our, even our righteous deeds are nothing but filthy rags under the Lord. Yes, We are wretched sinners, all of us, in need of a savior. And that is why whenever we give our lives to Jesus, We repent and we begin that long road of sanctification that is done through the Holy Spirit. We continue to sin even after our salvation experience, but the conviction is there. You can't be living in sin without any feelings of conviction and be saved, but yet because people in the pews have been led by false shepherds, grandmothers can tell their tattooed stripping granddaughters that was raised in a Christian home, that she's not going to go to hell. Yeah. Now, this is not a hellfire and brimstone message because listen, we are all wicked. We are all wretched sinners in need of a Savior, but you cannot simply say a prayer, ask Jesus into your heart, as a prayer against fire insurance to prevent you from going to hell live however you would like for the rest of your life, have nothing to do with God, live as a reprobate, operating without any form of conviction, but because you were seven years old and you went to church that one particular Sunday of your life and you said a prayer, you're good to go, well, you can't pick figs from thorn bushes. Your life will bear the fruit,
1: and going through these articles, I mean, these are the most extreme examples. But you know, on the show, when we've gone through a, in a deep dive into critical race theory, which is, first of all, it's a Marxist ideology and it's a racist ideology. It it was shocking to see some of the pastors, well-renowned pastors who historically have been Bible-believing, uh, good pastors who were starting to adopt this stuff, and. Be wary of any social movement, any political movement, any ideology that does not originate in the church, but more than that, that does not originate in the Word of God. If any if any social or political movement originates somewhere other than that, then we need to be wary of it, and like Scripture says, rightfully uh, discern the truth, discern Scripture through the Holy Spirit. That's right.
0: You know, our lives, like I said, to get back to it, our, our lives are, uh, are being reprogrammed, right? It's, you know, hence like things we've talked about, like the Great Reset, right? So they want to shape who you are. That's what they want to do. They want to shape who you are. They want to get rid of your problematic, your outdated, archaic, views and usher in a new kind of truth. Whenever I say problematic, outdated, archaic views, I'm talking about truths that are within the Bible. You know, they're going to say now that what, truth is subjective, that it has no real definition or standard of truth that can be, you know, whatever they want it to be, they want it, they want to be the God or the gatekeepers of what they say is truth because liberalism at the end of the day is a religion. It is, it is a religion. And um, they have their own doctrines, their own worshipers, their own evangelists, their own teachers, you know, but a generation, an entire generation right now, and I'm once again, I'm going back to we're going to, the masses are going to wake up in a few years and say, how did we get here? And like I said in the beginning of the show, they're going to be able to point back to these days. A generation is being manipulated into doing certain things Believe in certain ways, all by deliberate design. And I just, it's so frustrating because so many think that they're just like so f- open minded and free spirited and, 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 and original and original thinkers having original thoughts and original opinions. And they're just, they're literally robots. They're a ton, like they're just robots. They've, they've been programmed by mass media and they have no idea it's design it's a setup everything the news the universities the movies the social media platforms even the search engines we use everything is so calculated to to change in small increments people's way of thinking and it's so satanically inspired deception is created for our minds you know it's right? And it enters through our eyes, it enters through our ears, right? That's why many people's like original thoughts, they're just, they're just an illusion. And the church is silent. The American church at large has become woke, passive, mixing the holy doctrines with the doctrines of the world. What has the church become? today. You know, here's a quote from a pastor. Is the world guilty of materialism? Is the world consumer-driven? Does the world function by a pragmatism that is unconcerned for biblical truth? Is the world mesmerized by entertainment, distracted by amusement, and delighted with folly? Does the world offer self-realization and self-promotion? Is the world full of carnality, sensuality, luxury, and extravagance? Well, so is much of the evangelical church That's and the true. liberal church. I've said this many times. I feel the Lord gave me this, this in 2017. I was on a program and it just kind of, came out from all of my studying and and I said this and people have said it in different ways I I would imagine, but America throughout our history has always gone in the direction that the pulpits were facing. Think about that for a moment. John Adams in 1816 when giving a list of who is most responsible for independence in America, he, he went through and said, well, you've got the Reverend Dr. Samuel Cooper, who is most responsible for the independence. Well, you've got the Reverend Jonathan Mayhew. There's George Whitfield. There's Reverend Charles. It, it's unbelievable. Did you know that, that, that the British also knew this, right? I'm sure many of you have heard of the Black Robe Regiment. It an, was an incredible thing, and it wasn't like even an organization you sign up for. It was actually it was the name that the british placed on the bold pastors during the american revolution referencing that you know the black robes that the ministers wore in that day britain think about think about how awesome this is britain said if it hadn't been for the preachers you know america would still be a happy british colony it was the preachers those Pastors boldly proclaim the word as it applied to everything in life, whether spiritual or temporal, whether it related to eternal life with Christ, or they preached on topics such as taxes, education, public policies, good government, military, or any other that the Bible addressed. I literally feel as I keep studying more and more about the church in America and how we are founded, this show is more like a early American church than I even knew. We talk about the Word of God. We talk about, you know, obviously the core tenets of our faith. We talk about how Jesus Christ was was killed, how He was buried, how He was resurrected, how He, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We also talk about all the current events of the day. That is exactly what, the American church did as well. American history, oh yeah, so, see, like I said, whether it related to taxes, education, public policies, good government, military, or any other uh, that the, the Bible addressed, they spoke about. They spoke about. That is why America was founded and so successful. That's why it rose above everyone else, because we put God in everything. American history has shown But in the most critical moments of America's past, multiple moments, it was the pastors filled with the Spirit of God that came to the rescue. Goodness, we are 21 minutes into the program. (laughs) The role of pastors and Christians in civil government. Mm, I wish I had more time to go through this. I'm, I'm going to read some things for you, okay? So the, I'm going through sermons, even from like the 1700s and 1800s, right? Today, Christians agree that the Bible relates to every area of life. But in the founding era, era this relevance was demonstrated in a manner unfamiliar to most Americans today. This is evidenced by examining the published sermon topics of earlier generations. A published sermon represents only a small fraction of all the sermons preached in those days. Hear this out. This just makes it makes sense. Today, sermons are taped, filed, and reproduced on demand. Two centuries ago, it was a it cost a considerable amount of time and money to publish even a single sermon. So unless the demand for a sermon had been Ex- especially high for those who heard it it was not published therefore a published sermon was probably a sermon that had a significant life-changing impact on the listeners so the topics of early published sermons demonstrate that the church truly believed and taught the na- the nation that there was nothing in life that the bible did not address directly or indirectly for example in 1755 when when new england suffered an earthquake the sermons following that event addressed Earthquakes, you, you don't hear about churches addressing modern ev- or, or, or timely events today, mm-hmm. right? What does the Bible say about it? In other words, the church said there, ha- there has just been an earthquake, what does the Bible teach about such event, right, a sermon five years later that was on the great fire in Boston, right? That is, uh, there's just been a tragic local event, what principles does the Bible provide to deal with this tragedy? It was the sermon, the great fire in Boston, New England in March, of 1760, another sermon concerned an eclipse, right? I'm not gonna go into it, we don't have time. Then there was, the it was um, in 1851, and obviously not from the founding area. it still maintained a relevance, uh, a relevance to life. This published sermon was called A Moral View of Railroads. It's an incredible, Like yeah. I, I feel like we're like in an early American church here on the program. You know, I'm gonna skip ahead, but this is why it's so, this is so neat, and also will reveal just how far we've strayed. One, so all of the sermons were considered, they were, you know, occasional sermons. You didn't have eclipses happening every Tuesday,
1: right?
0: Right. Um, they were preached at significant occasions. There was another class of sermons, and they were referred to as annual sermons, meaning that they preached them annually, every single year. One sermon was called an artillery sermon. All the churches, once a year the local military assembled together and had a minister address them to lay out the Scriptures the proper role for the proper role of the military. This clearly is a biblical subject addressed in both the Old and New Testaments. Even John the Baptist had specific instructions for soldiers and officers as he was baptizing another type of annual sermon was called the Election Sermon. It was the longest traditional form of an annual sermon in America's history. Wow. The first documented election sermon was preached in 1634 in Virginia. And for each year thereafter, Every church annually until the 20th century what have these. These election sermons were preached in puppets all across America. You see, Christians understood their dual citizenship. They were indeed citizens of heaven, but they were also citizens of earth. God had placed them here in America with a stewardship government that belonged to we the people, So what did God expect from them in their stewardship capacity concerning the civil government that He had given them? What did He expect from them in the selection of their leaders? What did the Scriptures teach about the election process? For almost three centuries, this was a topic addressed annually in the pulpits across America. If your church doesn't look like that, find a new church Hmm. and support the people that are doing those very things, support this ministry. Man, what what could we do if we had a staff of 20 people and we produced several shows every week with different different even hosts and, and we're able to, that's going to happen, but what if we could do it now <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: to create this internet network television? We could change. America. Listen, Ben Shapiro is awesome. Glenn Beck is awesome. People love David Crowder. But you've got to have the Gospel of Jesus Christ. You've got to have the ministers of the Word at the forefront.
1: Nothing else will change America the way that it needs to be changed. Nothing will turn America back to the way that it was, except for a movement of God. No social movement no political movement, nothing, unless unless the Spirit of the Lord is at the heart of it, unless revival is at the heart of it, nothing will be effectual to save America.
0: Listen, we are out of time for today's show. Please pray with me right now. I received some texts this week of a dear friend of the ministry. We prayed for him and his wife a few months ago. His name is Steve and Steve has been battling cancer, and this week has been just a week from hell, and it's, it's in a life-and-death situation, and, and I'm going to pray, and I just want you to pray too, and, and agree with me right now in the Lord. Dear Lord Jesus, we just come before you on behalf of Steve. Father, we are asking for a miracle that you would touch his body right now. Heal him, Father God. Be with them. May they feel your tangible presence. And I pray for Steve's wife, Patty, right now, standing by the love of her life, watching what is transpiring we stand with her right now in spirit, and we believe for America, and we pray for peace for Patty as well, and comfort, that they would feel your Holy Spirit comforting them in these times. Thank you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray, amen. 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 Um, we're out of time for today, so we'll see you next week. Ah.